Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast, Literacy Ladies. Today, I have a new literacy lady. I have Miss Corey Craffick from King Street Primary School. Hi, Corey. Hi, Michelle. I'm happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy you could come. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I currently teach third grade at King Street Primary in Danbury, and I have the benefit of having Michelle as one of our literacy specialists. I also teach grad classes at Manhattanville College. I was a graduate student in the literacy department there not too long ago, and they asked me to come back and teach courses for them, which is an absolute blast. So Corey is a true literacy lady. So today, uh, Dr. Shaw has been so kind and has let Corey take her mic uh, so we could talk about reading and writing toolkits. So we're just going to kind of jump in. Um, And we'll talk about toolkits like more from a teacher's perspective, not so much of like a primary and intermediate perspective. But, uh, you know, toolkits are the new hot thing, hot, hot thing. It's to support students. Um, I think of it as like when I pull up next to a kid, I become an expert at whatever they're doing, and those are the materials that are next to me. So my toolkits are really the purpose, support students. I usually carry around some mentor pieces or some model pieces, pieces that I've written. I'm kind of spoiled because my son is my writer, so I kind of steal his things um, when they come home from his writing folder, and uh, and he's it, his pieces are my model pieces. But also a toolkit kind of gives you mobility and as a literacy specialist like you may be working in first grade in the morning and then kindergarten in the afternoon and you sit next to kids and usually a toolkit will come with you so it's really nice to have all of those important pieces um, moving with you throughout classrooms. It also engages students in one-on-one groups or uh, one-on-one conferences, or maybe um, there's two kids that you pull up next to, and and you can have a little small group. Uh, But a toolkit is going to help you become an expert right as you're kind of pulling up next to kids. And like I said, it can be big. It could be a whole file folder of things, or it could just be like a couple of your go-to anchor charts. And uh, whatever you you feel comfortable using um, on the spot with kids. Corey, what would you like to talk about first, reading or writing toolkits? I'll talk about writing, Michelle. So what I've taken on uh, the chore or the task of this year to make my conferring and my work with students easier in writing, um, I've created a narrative toolkit, an opinion toolkit, and an informational toolkit. So I have a toolkit for each of my genres, um, which just makes it a little bit more accessible for me and also accessible for my students. So when I pull up to them, I only have to bring my opinion toolkit if I'm working with them on opinion writing. Um, As you said before, Michelle, toolkits really should be purposeful. Um, And they should be helpful not only to us, but also to our kids. Um, So it's important that the writing pieces that we're using and that we're demonstrating with kids are familiar. They can be those stories that you've written as a class. Um, They can be mentor pieces from previous year's students or your students in your classroom right now. Um, And it's just helpful that the kids know these pieces so that they can work on uh, the revision work with you when you pull up to them. It's also important that your toolkit is intentional, um, and so you can manipulate those class writing pieces in order to do the work that you want to do with the student that you're pulled up to at the time. Um, So that revision work or adding on um, or revising and editing uh, is really important to do, and those pieces will be helpful. Mentor texts are also really important, and I load up my um, toolkits with mentor texts. 
Mentor texts are a powerful tool that make a writer's thinking visible. And not only do we lean on mentor texts of well-known authors, but we also lean on mentor texts from uh, the students in our classrooms uh, previous in previous years or in current uh, years. And so you want to find texts that you know and love well, because the better you know a piece, the more you'll understand it and be able to use it. Uh, they, we talk about quality versus quantity. You don't need to have a ton of mentor texts. You want to have ones that you can use in multiple ways. Um, and too many can be overwhelming for kids. So the fewer with rich writing, the better. Familiar texts uh, for students are also very helpful. The students should know the story well. Uh, you don't want to spend time reading them with the kids. You want to be able to just pull up to a part that they've already seen and zoom in on what the author has already done. The same text can also serve many purposes. So we can look at, uh, if we're thinking about informational writing, we can use the text features and the diagrams in the text to model for our writers, but we can also use the introduction to model a strong introduction for our writers. So you can get a lot of bang for your buck with just a few texts. Um, and then we can also demonstrate with mentor texts. One thing that I like to do is to have an anchor chart or a wall or a bulletin board um, with marked up copies of my mentor text so that when I can't be with my students, when I'm not conferring with them, um, they can go up and they can lean on those demonstration pieces. Um, so mentor texts and student pieces are a huge part of my writing toolkit, as are the anchor charts that we use. Um, and as are like those flaps and those tape and that sticky oh, I you love know, all that stuff. notes just to kind of mark up their texts and make them true um, editors of their work. And those toolkits not only, like I said, help me, but they also really help my students. And I'm not having to run around and like find all my stuff. It's all right there in one place, which is so nice. Oh, great. I love hearing that. Now I'm going to ask you though, what's your favorite toolkit? Is it narrative, opinion, or information? That's really hard. So it would be a toss up between my informational toolkit and my opinion toolkit. But I have to say informational writing is my favorite to do with my third graders. So I would go for my informational toolkit. See, I was going to think I, I could, I totally hear you with information, but I was going to say opinion just because your kids have such strong opinion pieces. Thank that I feel like you have a really good handle on that. It's a toss-up. The opinion work that we just did was so, so fun. Um, so I really have to say, like, I'm really riding that line. I think both. Let's go with both. Both. <laughs> so for reading toolkits, so teachers, when you're making a reading toolkit, and I love what Corey said, like, find some pieces that are multitaskers. You have a great little short piece that has a great introduction. You can use that for writing and then keep it the same copy in your reading toolkit. You're probably going to have a reading toolkit for each genre that you're teaching or each unit. Um, eh, gosh, I hate to go to primary land, but let's take it, mm -hmm. take a drive there. In primary land for your toolkit, you're going to want to give kids takeaways and things that they can kind of try on their own. So when you're reading, you may have like a little level A text or level B, but then also maybe one for them to take back and for them to kind of try it in their partner time or their private reading time. So it's it's important that um, in primary grades that they have something that they can try because honestly their independent reading time is 15 minutes so if, if you give them something they can do for five minutes and meet with them for five minutes um, it's a nice little way for them to get that extra practice. 
Also, some strategy charts. Um, I like strategy charts for reading toolkits because it gives kids things that they could try on their own when they go back and read. Um, some of the strategies would be like your previewing strategy. You know, TC calls it a sneak peek. Um, it could be a picture walk, something like that. So a chart that has those things. Also, for reading, um, you may have kids who are struggling with decoding. So you may have a couple of um, pieces in there that are decodable texts and that they can practice with you um, really quickly and then send them off with that decodable text. Also, um, copies of demonstration texts that you've used. Um, fluency, you know, I know a lot of kindergarten and first grade teachers, they have those five phrases in their toolkits. Just warm up with these while I'm working with another student, warm up with these and then put those in your toolkit. So remember, teachers, the purpose of a tool toolkit is to give you everything at your, um, at your table that you're going to need to work with kids to make them the best readers and writers um, that they can be. And I think my favorite toolkit, so I've been living a lot in second grade, uh, uh, so my favorite <laughs> toolkit has kind of been for lab reports, which is their information writing, because there's so many different parts. So I, it, I guess... It's going to be nonfiction reading and my information writing for Look my toolkit. We're kind of twins. I know, right? <laughs> oh my goodness! And a teacher book that you can rely on, um, <sighs> DIY Literacy by Maggie and Kate Roberts, is amazing. And I live in the intermediate land, even mm -hmm. though I like to think I'm still kind of primary. <laughs> um, but in that book, they have a lot of like learning progressions and micro progressions and how to incorporate those in your toolkits um, to make those work for you as a teacher and to really pull as much information about your kids as you can. So that book has a lot of great, great stuff that you can look to when you're creating a toolkit for yourself in your classroom. Oh, great resource. And you know, we have to say Sarah Vallo. Oh, Jennifer. Absolutely. How could we not? The reading and writing <laughs> strategies books are fabulous. They're such go-tos. Um, and you can find a lot of great things to make anchor charts on and strategies to help your students with when you pull up to her, to her or him. Right. Great. So teachers, we want you to go off and feel empowered in making your toolkits and start small. Start with your favorite genre. Start with a text that you love and, and add some things to that. Think of your classroom. Think, are they struggling with fluency? Are they struggling with word accuracy or comprehension? And build those things into your toolkit. So it's really just to help you um, become an expert and to help your kids move forward in reading and in writing. Well, Corey, will you please come back I to would literacy? love to. This was so fun. Oh, goodness. So you can listen to us on the WestCon uh, media station, and we hope to uh, hear from our teachers. We love when you leave us like little notes on Blackboard, and uh, we will look forward to talking again. Thank you. Thank you.